0: Uh, Luke chapter 8 and verse number 5. And it simply says a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, and then it goes into what happened. Some fell by the wayside and it was trodden down. And then the remaining portion of uh, the uh, text, the the next few verses describe uh, four different types of soils. I'm not going to talk to you about that tonight. What I want to focus your attention on is the very first portion of this verse that says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed. And uh, with that, I want to ask you a question. What has become of his investment? And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want you to consider with me this evening an old and familiar passage. The story, the parable of the sower is not something that we are not familiar with. If you've been around a church any length of time, you have heard it before. And I want you to remember, first of all, that it is a parable, and a parable is a unique Um, way of ministering the Word. A parable, in fact, is three things. Number one is a picture uh, that paints uh, to your mind or mind a story that the Lord wants us to understand. And so a parable most often would take something that we are acquainted with in life, something we're familiar with. And God would begin to write the story. So first of all, a parable is a picture. But secondly, a parable is a promise. It's a promise of something more than just a story. That there's something deeper than just uh, a a unique way of telling something. That there is something uh, to be drawn from. And thirdly, it... Is uh, a parable is a revelation of a principle. That when you read a parable, or you read any of the scripture, and uh, it is speaking or referring to parables, you understand three things. You understand that it's a picture, so you can get a mental grasp of what the Lord is trying to say. It is a promise. It it is filled with with possibility and potential and it is also the housing of a principle, a life principle. And so with that in mind, our text is the picture of a sower that goes out to sow his seed. His efforts and their subsequent results are detailed in the following verses. The various grounds that he encountered and the challenges that uh, antagonized his efforts and the varying results of his labor. But there are two things that I want to focus your mind upon this evening and that is the sower and the seed. Everybody say the sower and the seed. Come on, let's say it again. The sower and the seed. First of all, let's talk about the sower. What a noble character the sower is. What one to emulate and one to consider. Not much is said about him. It is what he does that is the focus of the parable. But the truth is we ought to be thanking God for the sower. Amen. We ought to be praising God for The sower. And that's what I want to do tonight. I want to applaud the sower. Because in the sower, I see someone who looked out at a world that is or a world that was and saw what it could be. That's a sower. He looked out at blank fields and he saw them full of ripe grain. He looked into empty lives and he saw lives fulfilled he looked into situations that were lacking in substance but when he got through that story would be different when he got through there would be no empty field there would be no blank wall or there would be no lacking in substance he was not willing to leave things as they were He was not wanting to wait on somebody else to get up and step forward and do it. So he grabs his bag and he sets out for the field. You and I ought to throw up our hands tonight and give thanks for the sower. Because all of us have been beneficiaries of his labor. And all of us tonight are blessed because God... Took it on himself to do something to make my life better. Somebody ought to clap their hands to the Lord right now and thank him for that. Amen. Because it is the sower who makes all of our lives better. It's the sower who makes all of our lives better. For what is the purpose of the sower but to improve, to make better, to bless, to enlarge, to increase. What is the purpose of the sower but to raise the level of life? There was a blank field at one moment, but when the sower gets through in a few months, there's going to be a field that is filled for harvest. And so the sower raises the level of life. The sower not only raises the level of life, But his efforts are to better the quality of life. Amen. To better the quality of life. He is to bring a higher state of living. And in some sense, the sower alters or changes the future by his efforts. So we ought to thank God for the sower tonight. Amen. Because the sower has made life better for all of us. Amen. The sower has made life better for all of us. We are blessed tonight because of the sower. We are blessed tonight because God wasn't content to let our lives be barren and unfruitful. But he stepped into our life. He brought his bag and stepped into our life and said you know what I'm going to help make this a better. I'm going to help them become a better person. I'm going to help them reach their potential. And God begins to sow into our lives. You ought to thank God For the sower tonight. Amen. Aren't you glad that God loves you enough. And loves me enough. That he will take the initiative. He doesn't wait until we get better. He starts working on us right now. So we will get better. He doesn't do things as we do it. Waiting for somebody to give us the nod. Or give us the okay. He just sees a need. And he feels that need And that's why you ought to praise God that there was a sower sometime in your life because you are a better person because somebody sowed some seed into your life. Amen. The second thing that I want you to consider is the seed. The seed is a wonderful thing because so much is housed in so little. What great capacities lie within it The seed is good. The seed is powerful. It is so powerful that it can reproduce itself 30, 60, 100 times over. One seed can reproduce itself 30 or 60 or 100 times over. Now you tell me, what in life that you can involve yourself in or invest in or be connected to that has that kind of dividend or that kind of return. But the seed does. The seed is powerful. The seed is promise. The seed is that what you see is not what you're going to get. You're going to get something better than what you see. Seed is prophetic, that if you will sow it today, tomorrow you will reap and enjoy its blessing. Seed is visionary. Seed is not content with life as it is. It sees a better life. And so a person plants seed so there can be a harvest. A person plants seed so that there can be a betterment of life. A person plants seed to alter The character of a place. A person plants seed to make the climate more pleasant. And here in our parable is nothing less than a parable of God's effort to help me be a better person. In this parable there is nothing less than God's effort to help me. To bless me to increase my life, to better my life, to improve my lot in life. And so it is depicted by a sower who goes out to sow his seed. Amen. And it is also a sobering truth that sometimes God's efforts have no chance of affecting my life because Of the condition of my life. Amen. Some ground was hard. And some was shallow. And some was weedy. Distractions. And other things got in the way. But God's efforts. Had no chance of survival. Not because of him. Or his effort. But because of the soil. And so here we come to realize the powerful truth that no matter how powerful the seed is and how sincere the sower is, it is the soil that affects the results. Amen. Our loving sower can sow powerful seed into a shallow soil and outcome is failure. Let me remind you ladies and gentlemen tonight that the seed... Is God's investment in my life. And oh, how God has invested in my life. The parable is a simple truth that God is willing to invest in me. He is willing to sow into my life. He wants to change the character of my life. He wants to improve the quality of my life. And so he sows his seed. Without being asked, without being prompted, without being begged, he simply takes up his bag and reaches into that bag and gets the seed and he throws out the seed. The Bible said that the sower went out to sow and as he sowed, as he threw the seed out, Reaching in and throwing out his desire was simply to improve a situation and raise it to a higher level and a better quality of life. And that's exactly what God is continually trying to do in every one of our lives. God is continually investing into us, pouring into us opportunity and privilege and blessing and goodness, and mercy, and all of those things that are mentioned in the Word of God. But the sad truth is, too many times that effort is frustrated. Amen. God wants to change the character of our life, and so He sows into our life. He wants to alter the climate of my life, and so God sows seed into my life. God wants to bless me and so he sows his seed into my life. God wants me to increase. He wants me to grow. So he sows his seed into my life. If I were left to myself, I would become weedy and hard and unproductive. But God wants more from me than that. God wants to bless my life and so he sows and he works on me and he invests in me. I am so thankful tonight for God's investment in my life. I am so thankful that he has been willing to sow seed that has great promise into my life, even when I did not deserve it. When I don't I, I don't even know why he does it. He does it anyway. He just has that kind of heart. But I understand tonight that the outcome Of all of God's efforts is determined by the kind of person that I am. Amen. All of God's efforts are determined by the kind of person that I am. Certainly the sower's original intent was good. He wanted to better a situation. He wanted to improve the situation. His desire was noble to say the least, but the results were suspect. Listen to me carefully right now. 75% Listen to me. Are you listening right now? Are you paying attention to me? 75% of God's effort produced nothing. 75% of God's labor didn't result in anything. Seventy-five percent missed what the seed was capable of doing and producing in their life. Seventy-five percent. Only twenty-five percent success rate. That's rather a poor showing for such labors, But God labors on. Amen. God labors on. So what's the fault? Is it the sower's fault? I could dare point a finger at someone who wanted to make things better. I cannot blame him for wanting to improve my life. I, I cannot call him the one at fault because I'm not better than I am. Can I blame the seed? And the seed's powerful. The seed has potential. Is it bad seed? There is no bad seed because seed produces. Amen. So the question comes back to the soil. And that's where the breakdown comes. And this is the question that I came to ask you tonight. This is the question that begs answering. This is the question that has been troubling my mind over the last few days. When God throws seed in my way, what is the result? When God reaches out to help me and make me better, what is the result? When God, under his own compunction, his own desire, his own volition, with no hidden motive, with no hidden agenda, all... Only desire God has for me is to better my life. You know that is one thought that freaks some people out because they cannot imagine God really wanting them to do good and so all of their life they look at God as if he's some kind of mean cop with a bully whip over his head waiting for us to step out of line when the truth is that God is always working to help make my life better. So my question is, what is God getting for all of his investment in my life? What is God getting for all the labors? When God throws opportunity my way, what's happening with opportunity in my life? When God throws blessing your way, what happens to those blessings? When God throws increase your way, what is the result of that increase? What happens when God makes that kind of investment in your life and mine? Amen. What happens when God pours that kind of energy into me? And what, what is the result? What helps or hinders God's purpose in my life tonight? What unleashes or what limits its ability to better my life the million dollar question is what kind of person am i the truth is we are all a work in progress tonight we all are none of us are complete and no matter who we are we can be made better and no matter where we are we can always climb up higher made into something great or something better or improved in some way, all of us can have that happen. And no matter how things may look today, God is not through working. And if I will let him continue sowing in my life, things can get better. Because he's not through with us. And there is still hope that I can and I will become something of what he envisions me to become. Because I'm only in the making. And what becomes of me is decided and determined by my response to what God's trying to do in my life. Amen. Do you understand that tonight? Do you understand that what becomes of you and I is decided and determined by our response to what He is trying to do in our life. If you don't like what you see right now in your life, then you ought to clean up the ground around your life so something better can come out of God's effort in your life. If you don't like what your life keeps producing, maybe Maybe you and I need to go do some cleaning and get some things out of there that don't need to be there that interfere with what God's trying to produce in our life. And if you're not happy with life's emptiness, then start working on your hardness. Praise God. I knew you'd love me. The sowing... Of his seed. It has the ability to do great things. And produce great harvest. And reward us with powerful increase. One of the most haunting verses in all scripture is found in Hebrews. The Bible says this simply. That the word did not profit them. The word. The same word that was spoken Over nothingness and a world was created. The same word that spoke and fish came into the waters and deer appeared on the dry land and trees branched out. The same word that spoke and a sun came and stars and a universe and all of the things that we wonder at in the beauty of God's nature. One That word, that same word the Bible said in some people's lives has no effect. It has no effect. So what do we need to do tonight? To fully benefit from God's effort in our life, there's three things that all of us need to be doing right now. Number one, all of us need to be listening. All of us need to hear what God is saying and what God is trying to do. All of us need to understand that if God is going to get the result that He wants in our life, we're going to have to pay attention to what God's trying to do. Number two, we're going to have to be able to receive what God is doing and to be able to receive it, your heart has got to be right. You have to allow it into your lives and there are things that will hinder or interfere with God's work in our life and so we have to get those things out. And number three, we must then put into action... What God has spoken into our lives if we are going to benefit from God's efforts in our life. When I look at my life, what do I show for all His investment in me? I've been thinking a lot about that over the last few days and it bothers me. I have to ask myself tonight, am I better than I was? Am I more... Spiritual that I was, am I changed in any way? Am I fruitful in any way? Because God has been working on me for a long, long time. God's been sowing into my life for years. Since I was a child, God has been pouring His seed into my life. And when I look at me now, I'm wondering, am I any better for His effort? After all these years of His working with me, am I still petty? If I am, God's not getting the best end of the bargain. If if I look at my life and after all these years of God working on me, am I still selfish? If I'm still selfish, then certainly God is not getting the reward he ought to get out of his efforts in my life. When I look at my life, if, am I mean? Am I still vindictive? Am I, am I just a hard person to get along with? If I am, listen to me right now. If I am, then God's not getting what he deserves out of my life because he's been investing too much and too long in my life for me to still be mean and vindictive. Am I critical? Am I critical? Do I always find fault with everything that's going on? Do I always find something that's not right? Folks, if that's the way I look at the church and that's the way I look at life, then I'm cheating God out of his labor in my life because that's not what his labor is intended to produce. His labor is intended to produce a harvest of good things, of blessings, of better things so that when I get through with life, I am a better man than I was when I started this thing. Amen. Am I still resentful? Am I still hurtful? Am I still a hurtful person? As kind as God has been to some of us, and we're still hurt, hurtful? Woo! Praise God. We need, to go, we need to go back to the soil and start working on it because God deserves a better investment than that. He does. He does. Everybody say he does. If there is anything of the like in my life, I still have work to do. I need to break up the ground. I, I need to get out the weeds. I need to get the stones out of the way. Four kind of soils. Three of the four did not produce what God labors had hoped they would produce. Number one, a hard case. Are you a hard case? (laughs) Oh, there's some hard cases around this church. Believe me. I've lived long enough. I've seen people that can prance their way in and sit out on a church pew and have sin up to their eyeballs and act, act like they're as holy as a saint. I've seen that. Am I a hard case? It's going to take more than that to move me tonight. What does it take so much to move some of us anyway? Why does it take so much for God to be able to touch our hearts and us be broken before him? You know what? What worries me more than than anything as a preacher is becoming a hard case. Because... If, if you have to listen to or deal with the stuff that I get to do on a weekly basis, after a while, you kind of get cynical. After a while, you just kind of laugh and think, <laughs> couldn't get any worse than this. You know what I told somebody not long ago? I said, nothing surprises me anymore. They were so blown away, and they just looked at me like, well, brothers, why aren't you shocked? I said, nothing, nothing surprises me anymore. You know, you, you could tell me just about anything. I don't want to be a hard case. I, I don't want my life to get so compacted and so beaten down by, and that's where the hard ground, that's what happened. The hard ground was compacted because of the constant treading of men going to and fro on it. And it became so hard and concrete that the seed simply fell on the outside. It never was able to come into it. Because if it could have ever gotten the inside of it, it would have changed that soil, but because of the hardness, and that's, we can be hard people. We can, we, we can, we, we can, uh, we, we can get this idea that hardness is, is a, it's a merit of honor when the truth is, the Bible said, a broken and a contrite spirit I will in no wise cast out. Humility before the Lord is more important than anything else. But my question tonight is, am I a hard case? Am I a hard case? Am I, Have I become so calloused by the passages of life and all the stuff that's gone on in my life that there's no tenderness there? Number two. Am I like the stony ground? I have subsurface issues. You see, the stony ground was not ground that just had rocks in it. No, that's not that, that's not it at all. That would have been easy to deal with. Stony ground was ground that had a very thin layer of dirt, and then there was a surface of limestone, just a huge, large area of And so there was dirt there, but there was no dirt deep enough for the roots to go down and get the nutrients and the moisture that was needed. And so the seed would fall and it would germinate and it would even begin to grow, but it would die out soon because there were subsurface issues. There was always something going on under the surface. God's investment deserves more than that. His efforts deserve more. There's a thin layer, and then there's this barrier. Anybody here tonight, do any of our lives reflect that? That there's a barrier that we just can't seem to get past. God's efforts deserve more than that. You know, I need to be preaching this to the whole church, but you're here on Wednesday now, I may just preach it again Sunday morning. Are there some subsurface issues that you need to deal with? Sometimes you just need to get the jackhammer out and just bust up that subsurface so that you can get down because there is, there's more soil underneath that shelf. You just have to penetrate it. And then there was that ground that was called thorny ground. Thorny ground. It was simply a soil that was distracted, it had too many competing interests. You see, most people back then were like most people now. We go clean up the surface make a good showing but we don't get out the root and so they would go through their fields and they would they would scrape off the surface and it looked good it looked wonderful it looked wholesome it looked like you know to produce trouble was underneath the surface there were all of these roots of all kind of weeds and other plants that were competing for the moisture and for the nutrients of the soil. One historian said that the picture that is painted is of a seed that goes into the ground and it begins the process of sending its roots down. But as that process was going on, the weeds that were growing around it began to intertwine their their root system around the root system of the good plant and so here's this seed desperately pulling out of the ground, the soil, the the, the the moisture, the nutrients that it needed. But as it was being pulled up through the root system, the weeds that were intertwined would literally suck it out of the roots and it would never get to where it was supposed to be going. And that was the commentary on life for a lot of people that there's just too many things competing for our interest and too many things competing... For our focus, too many distractions. God deserves more than that for his efforts. Amen. You know what? God wants to bless us more than we can even imagine tonight. I mean, think about the potential. 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what God set out to do. To increase life in that measure or in that fashion. But 75% of God's effort did not produce its intended purpose because of what was going on in the lives of the people that he was trying to sow into. You know what, folks? Listen to me. I don't know if you know it yet, but God is still trying to help us. Amen. I'm not trying to condemn you tonight. I'm not here to try to make you feel bad. I just came to remind you that if your life is not reflecting the promises of a 30, 60, or 100 fold, then you and I have work to do. Because God deserves a better return on his investment than he's getting otherwise. Amen. God's been too good to me for me to be bitter. I don't care how bad life has been. God's been too good to me for me to be bitter. God's been too good to me for me to be mean and vindictive. To hold grudges and be bitter. God's been too good for me to live my life hating somebody. Amen. He's just been too good to me. And he's invested too much in me. He's invested too much in me. For there not to be a better return for his labor. Amen. You know what I want? I want you to be a hundredfold person. I do. That's, but if you're not a hundredfold, a sixtyfold, or thirty. But I'm, whatever, you're going to be better than you were if God's purpose Is actually fulfilled in your life. If what God is trying to do in our lives is done, we're all going to be much better than we were when we got started. So why not let God have His way? And why not, what is the rationale, what is the mentality of the person that would argue with God and say, God, this is good enough? Deal with it. This is just what I am. Deal with it. This is just who I am, God. You call me. You you got me. You know what? God deserves better than that. God may have called me that way, but he didn't intend for me to stay that way. And so what do I do? I yield myself. I listen to him. I allow that word into my heart so that it can have its full effect. And then I grow I get up and do something with that word in my life and when I do the next thing I know I'm blessed 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 amen let's stand together